Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And welcome to Betty Squared. Chapter 50, American Dreams, is what we are looking at today. Uh, which I don't know if you realized, Heidi, that it was chapter 50 and the whole episode is about FP's 50th birthday. Oh, no, I totally missed that. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Oh, I thought, like, I was saying it to be sarcastic because I was like, oh, it's so obvious. I'm sure Heidi picked it up. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't look at, I think I was aware of the fact that we were near 50 episodes, but I didn't look that it was this episode. I don't always look at what chapter we're on. Yeah, fair enough. And I think um, sometimes as well, like, you know, if you talk in terms of season and episode for that season, like, for example, this is season three, episode 15. You know, sometimes if you get that in your head versus the actual title of the episode, which is the 50th episode, you know what I mean? Like you can get... Mm -hmm you can get yourself turned around. So, well, there you go. FP's 50th birthday happens this episode and this is chapter 50. So I thought that that was a nice little tie up. I'm confused about the title American Dreams though. Um, I did look it up and it, American Dreams was actually a TV show um, and I used to watch it. I didn't make the connection until I Googled it, well, looked it up on IMDb, and I was like, oh, wait, I used to watch this show. This is where Brittany Snow got her start. So the synopsis about this I don't think matches this episode, but I'll read it anyway. And it says, American Dreams, set to the soundtrack of the 60s, a Philadelphia family moves towards cultural upheaval in the years ahead. The teenage daughter Meg tries to shed her good girl image by hanging with her worldly friend Roxanne and pursuing dreams of being on American Bandstand. Meg's emerging personality and the changes her mother is going through doesn't sit too well with Meg's father. That is literally the synopsis of this TV show. And I was like, oh, I feel like there's more to it than that. But I do remember it. Like I said, Brittany Snow uh, starred as Meg and her and Roxanne, this other girl, uh, would go and be in the audience of American Bandstand each week. And I know it, it looked at things like, you know, um, cultural diversity and things like that in the 60s. But I'm not quite sure how that correlates to this episode of Riverdale. And I thought it was interesting that they've titled it American Dreams, plural, versus like the American Dream which Jughead references in his opening monologue. He's like, oh, you know, the American dream is to have blah, 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 blah. So interesting that they would go for American dreams versus the American dream. Yeah, maybe it's because we're seeing the um, the wants of all the different characters and how an American dream, although there's one, like, picket fence success, like, having the 2.5 kids and a family and blah, blah, blah. Like that's the like American dream quote unquote thing. But in reality, there's a lot of different um, things that people would consider to be their um, American dream or whatever uh, dream for what they want in their life. So maybe that's what that's referring to. But I think mostly it's, it's just playing on 
um, the the Joneses, the Joneses getting back together and having that parent trap kind of like moment or whatever where their separated parents get back together and they get to be in a house together and everyone gets to be the big happy family. Because um, I feel like a lot of the times they, the writers or whoever picks the titles, uh, I suppose the writers, um, on these episodes either knows of a show with that title or like looks it up like around what they want to name it or whatever and um, then just kind of uses that but without it really connecting we've had that a few times yeah where maybe they pick a, a title of a show or a movie and they use that as their springboard into writing the episode but then you know we have had the opposite of that where they have um closely correlated the episode to the movie of the same name so it's yeah it's it's interesting. I'd love to know, or I'd love to be in that room when they decide, you know, the, the plan for the season and uh, what's going to happen in each episode. I would love to know what the process is of if they start with a name of a TV show or a movie and use that, or if they start with the idea and then find a movie or a TV show that sort of correlates in some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Well, my first note for this episode uh, is, oh, so Gladys purchased the house. Because I know uh, when we were talking in our last episode, we were like, who's this anonymous buyer? Is it the farm? Is it Hiram? I did not in a million years think it was going to be Gladys. Same. I, I was surprised. And then it made a lot of sense. Um, I think I was also surprised because I forget about the connection between Alice and FP because they barely show anything about it until they like really want to. Right, exactly. I mean, we were seeing it a lot initially when Riverdale first started. And then of course, once Hal was out of the picture, we, we saw, you know, FP and Alice in bed numerous amounts of times. Uh, but now that Gladys is back, that's kind of throwing a wrench in the works, you know, one thing I was a little confused about is a comment that Gladys has when she shows FP and Jughead the house. So Betty and um, and Alice are coming out of the house and Gladys says, why is Alice Cooper in my house? Like, does she not know who she bought the house from? That's what they played it out to seem like, or she's faking, but I don't really know what the end end game is there. Um, yeah, other than sure either, other than pretending not to know so that like Jughead can't accuse her of anything or or something. I don't know. It yeah that that whole thing is just like a weird Riverdale. This is a weird world where like real life world. Um, rules and things that happen don't don't happen here yeah it was just it was just strange I was like okay she says she bought the house online or she made an offer online okay sure maybe you don't know it's Alice's house but like you would know it's Alice's house because you grew up well she didn't grow up there but she and FP lived there for a long time it's on the north side uh, you know, they had done those like home and garden photo shoots 
at the Cooper's house. Like, it, you know, it's not really a secret that that's their house. So it was, it was kind of a weird comment. And I don't know whether they're going to come back to that and be like, oh, actually, there has been this huge rivalry for FP this whole time. And here, let us tell you all about it in a flashback sequence, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's very strange. They've laid, like you said, they've laid like no groundwork out for this hypothetical love triangle between Gladys, FP, and Alice. So whatever they plan to do, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And again, this might be one of those throwaway comments that we're not meant to think too much about. Like, for example, how old is Polly? You know, was she older than Jason? You know how we've sort of found a couple of little instances where Riverdale hasn't quite made sense? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if this might be one of them or if if it's going to lead to something bigger in a little bit. Yeah, I think we I think we just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Strange though, but I'm glad you heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. What was uh what was your first note? It was about the same the same sort of stuff um about Gladys and and just in general, we haven't I'm wondering just what's happening with Alice NFP cuz other than there was a time where we were seeing them like together a lot, where we were seeing them in bed together a lot, like you said. Um, yeah. And all that stuff happened with Chick and all that stuff. But then ever since Alice has been like dealing with the farm, FP's kind of been just MIA from her life. Like we haven't seen them together. So that makes me think, since we haven't seen them together, that they haven't been. So have they just not been dating right. or together sleeping together for the past few months and then now all of a sudden Alice is like but FP like that's not how it works Alice yeah it's it's strange because yeah has have they still been hooking up or is Alice so consumed with the farm that they haven't really spent much time together I would think it's the latter I would think that she has been so preoccupied with the farm and this weird baptism thing and then selling the house that she wouldn't have had any time um, for FP. I don't know. Maybe it was like a Veronica and Reggie kind of thing. And we can talk more on that in a little bit, but where they're kind of together, but it's very unofficial and very loose and there's no sort of defined terms of the relationship. Yeah. It's just very casual. Right. I'm wondering if they're just like, look, we're together. I'm talking, of course, about FP and um, of Alice. You know, hell's out of the picture. Yes, we're together. We have this kid. We've been sleeping together. We're together, but we're not really labeling it as such. Yeah, it's just casual. Right. But now it's obviously weird and they're not sure what's happening because... Gladys is back in the picture and I think that was very very evident when um, and I can't remember the line but basically when I think Alice is like FP or like I, you bought our house or Betty's like you sold our house to the Joneses and um, somebody says something along those lines and 
<laughs> FP and Jacket are like, not me. Yeah. I, I love I loved that. I thought that was so great. Um but you know, FP's obviously saying it because he's still got feelings for Alice. He's just torn now because Gladys is his wife. Yeah. And then obviously Jughead's reacting like that because of Betty. But I don't know. Weird. Weird, yeah. weird, weird. I think and I think too, it's it's um in this episode, FP really like ends it with Alice. He's like, I'm not gonna mess up, you know, his marriage. He wants he wants his marriage to work out and all that stuff. Obviously it's not like the end end, like we're gonna see more with them, I'm sure, in the future and things with Gladys are definitely not gonna stick <laughs> for a few reasons. Um but yeah, it's it was sad. I felt bad for Alice, even though she's, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um <laughs> I felt bad for her. I think she was genuinely hurt. I think she genuinely does care about FP. But yeah, she's been too wrapped up in the farm to put the attention onto that that it would have needed for him to choose her over his wife. Right, exactly. And one of the notes that I had made as well about this episode was when Alice goes to FP, um, you know, at the sheriff's office, you can tell she's kind of she's hurt Mm -hmm. and you see a little bit of that old Alice that's maybe very deep down inside of her still yeah it's in there somewhere we'll we'll get her back at some point but not anytime soon right exactly and speaking of Alice what kind of mother sells their house and then just doesn't have anywhere for her daughter to live well I think she does have a place for her to live, but Betty's just not going to live there, and it's the farm. She she had said okay. to Betty, like, we're going to sell the house and we're going to move to the farm, but Betty doesn't want to do that, and she's not going to. Also, how far away is the farm? Like, is this a good commute? It can't be. Um, <laughs> but, I, so that's the answer. And also, she's not a good mom. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, especially at the moment, because she's, like you said, just crazy. Mm -hmm. She's just kind of lost her mind. Um, It's interesting that you say how far away is the farm, because you've just, like, sparked something in me. If you think about when Polly and Jason were trying to escape to this farm, they hid their car and everything like that, and it makes me think that this farm is quite a distance away. But... Why is Evelyn and her little posse of farmies like? Why is that happening mm-hmm. at Riverdale High? They want to um, to get more followers. It looks like I think they they're trying to expand their ranks. Right, because if you say like say the school the farm is uh, three hours away from the school you would send your child, and I'm talking about Edgar sending Evelyn, Mm -hmm. you would send your child to a school that's closer. (gasps) Oh, my God. Do you know what I just thought? Mm -hmm. What? What if Edgar is not real? It's like he's not a person. He's like no one's ever seen him. And Evelyn is the real mastermind behind all of this. Okay. You know what? I have had that thought. Uh. That exact same thought that he's not real, but I don't know why I didn't ever bring it up. 
maybe you were just waiting for me to catch I think up. That's what it was. Like you, you probably had this thought since even before the farm was a thing because you're pretty clued on. And then you're like, you know what? I'll just let Jess have this one. I'll just let her say it first. No, <laughs> no it was more, it was definitely, it's just definitely from not seeing him. And there has to be a reason that we never see him. And she, I think too, it's, it's that she seems to be leading the group whenever we see like them together, like the farmies and stuff. Um, she's doing like the leadership stuff. I know that that kind of happens occasionally that there's a, you know, a progression of power in, in cults and things like that, but it's just interesting. But she does seem seem young to be able to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, theoretically, she would be the same age as Betty. She'd be about that, you know, 15, 16-year-old. And Alice, as a fully grown woman, um, allowing this child to baptize her. Yeah. That doesn't quite translate. No. Evelyn appears older than she is, like not physically, but like mentally. She seems very manipulated manipulative and like switched on and I think so as a result like she carries as older but really when we think about it she's 15 or 16 years old which is insane yeah yeah oh lord what are we gonna do with this town (laughs) um like we have said uh, a couple of times now we still haven't seen the farm I'm getting nervous that I think we've got like six or seven episodes left that this farm storyline is going to still get dragged on into the next season. Yep. But now that I feel like Edgar is not real, I'm actually wondering like if we're ever going to see the farm, you know, maybe it'll come – I feel like everything happens at the school. So maybe it'll come to a head at the school and Evelyn will be like, you've ruined everything, Betty. We had this all worked out. And then Betty will be something like, oh, well, you could just run off and tell your dad, Edgar, that I ruined everything. And then Evelyn's going to be all like, when are you going to get it? He's not real. They just needed something to believe in. Yeah, yeah. I think I just wrote the end of Riverdale. I mean, I'm pretty sure, yeah, they need to hire you on as a writer. And it's definitely going to be raining and they'll both be wet because it's more emotional <laughs> when it's it's like pouring with rain. And for whatever reason, um, the school now has med- metal scaffolding everywhere and for some reason <sighs> the rain is making sparks of metal in the background. That's that's the same. Uh, that when you started saying the rain thing, I was like, this can go one of two ways. <laughs> it's not going to be a sexy thing if and that's what you were worried about. <laughs> <laughs> they do not kiss, <laughs> and then what happens is because they're on scaffolding for some reason, Betty's like, no, and pushes Evelyn. But then Evelyn slips, but then Betty tries to catch her and, like, catches her. And then she's like, you're slipping. You're slipping. And then Evelyn's like, do it. We all know you're a monster and you want me dead. And then Betty lets go. And then all next season, it's Betty's torment because did she mean to kill Evelyn? 
Or did she not mean to kill Evelyn? Oh my God, I'm amazing. I should just be a writer. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's your, uh, your calling. Yeah. Well, I was surprised that there was less fallout for Betty. I was expecting more repercussions for Betty since she went super dark and lit her house on fire last time. But we, she, there was really nothing. Nothing really happened for her. Yet. Yet. Do you? I think more is going to come. Other than the karmic repercussion of the Joneses, her boyfriend's family buying the house, but that wasn't because she bur- she you know set it on fire. Yeah. Well, in my world, once Betty kills Evelyn, Alice and Betty are going to move back into the house, and Alice is all going to be normal and not wearing her hippy dippy clothing, and she's going to be like, ah. Oh, it's nice to be home. And Betty will be like, I know, Mom. See? I'm going to be a writer. This is amazing. I also should probably just take medication to calm me the fuck down. Um, There's so many. There's so many things that could, you know, could benefit you, I'm sure. Um. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, goodness. Well, my next note is about Tony. Why does she always wear those headbands? Because she's wearing a wig. Is that what it is? Well, like not in the show. Like in the show, that's her hair. But pretty sure, I think her name's Vanessa. Yes. I'm like 99.9% sure that that's not her real hair. So it's a wig. So then the easiest way to cover a wig, like to cover a wig hairline and not worry about it looking uh-huh. bad because no one else on the show wears a wig is to have a headband. Uh, the Walking Dead Michonne always had like a wig because like how do you show a hairline for a uh, dreads like she had? But they figured that out for the newest season, so. Hmm. But then sometimes we see her without a headband. I don't think we have, have we? Yeah, because I, I kept an eye on it. Um, for example, uh, this episode, the scene after I was like, oh, why is she wearing that headband? I don't like it. The very next scene, she had no headband on. It also just might be her like look. Yeah. Very I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read enough of the comics to know if like that's Tony's signature look. Anyway, just a quick one, because I was like, wait, what? I don't get it. One of my notes is, gotta love Robin, because uh, they were singing the Call Your Girlfriend song. Yeah, that which is a little bit of an old school song, right? Yeah, a little bit. It's definitely not it's... the era of the kids that are singing it, like those high schoolers. That's what I thought. I mean, when I lived in the UK... Uh, I was really into Robin, but that was like eleven years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's you know, you know it's a bit older. And interesting as well because I don't know how much we've really heard of Tony sing. We've certainly heard Veronica sing more than once, and I know they were singing karaoke and they were being all girly and having fun and things like that. But they both just sounded awful. They did. Uh. And I was surprised. We haven't seen, like, it seems like to me, and knowing who Veronica is as, like, a character, 
that she wouldn't be that kind of person at work. Like when we've seen her before in Le Bon Nuit, she's always very put together and she's running the show and she takes it very seriously. And then all of a sudden she's like letting her hair down and like singing karaoke. Like when did this become a karaoke bar? Like what the, what, what? It didn't make sense for me. Any any of the Tony Carroll storyline doesn't really make sense for me right now at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure. And I wrote a note on that as well. Like, um, you know how like Cheryl comes in and like, there's been tension between her and Tony for like maybe three episodes now. And you know how Cheryl gets all glammed up and then comes into the speakeasy and is casing the joint and then breaks in later and her and Tony have sex Mm -hmm. in essence it none of that really made sense I mean I'm not sure why I'm surprised because obviously if you look at the, the dynamic between Veronica and Archie they would have sex any time there would be an issue because they wouldn't talk about the issue. They would just be intimate because they didn't know how to deal with it. And I feel like that's what we're seeing a little bit with Cheryl and Tony right now. You know, there's been this tension for weeks um, and instead of talking about it and then both being honest about why that tension is there, they're just being intimate with one another. Yeah, I mean, I I guess so. It's so strange. The whole storyline. Right. And now, knowing how it ends, knowing what Cheryl does in the end and what, what happens with the next episode and what we're going to have with the next episode, I feel like it's a means to get her into a particular mood or in, to get her into a particular, yeah. like, mindset to like get into that character that she's going to play in the musical but I just don't think it's necessary it just seems totally unnecessary for them to be going through this fake tension and it doesn't make sense also because Cheryl gave which seems a weird term to use about someone and a gang but gave Tony the pretty poison. So then for her to turn around and be upset about it, I, I don't know. It's none of that storyline makes sense to me. Right. And I think Tony is being made to look like she's the one that's in the wrong where I think in all honesty, she's completely right. Like she's, she says to Cheryl, you know, you haven't been okay since the pretty poison started being a thing. You know, Cheryl doesn't like being told no. And that's when this all sort of started to kick up. Yeah. But it's weird. I'm I'm hoping we don't see the end of them. I think they're they fought so hard to be together and it's, you know, nice to see a healthy lesbian relationship or somewhat healthy, because obviously now it's not lesbian relationship on TV. You know, let's not destroy it. Let's just have them be a happy, healthy couple. Yeah, but they don't... Writers never know how to do that. Yeah. Or maybe they do and they're doing this deliberately to piss us off. That could be it too. So I am still very much on the 
Hiram redemption wagon. I really, truly think that they are trying to redeem him and keep him on the show. Because if you have a look, you know, Gladys is now the baddie. And then especially in this episode, it's the first time ever that Hiram, you know, has done something for Archie where I don't feel like he has an ulterior motive. Yeah, he was pretty even keeled this episode. Like, I didn't feel like, like, he genuinely seemed like he was upfront with them and he was telling them the truth about the cards and all that stuff. And then I also think it's maybe less of him being redeemable and him not caring. Like, this, going against Archie and all that stuff doesn't serve him anymore. Um, right. And it doesn't benefit him to to keep that boxing like that gym or whatever that he gave to Archie like that thing isn't it's run down and like all that stuff it's not bringing him anything and he has enough properties he he obviously doesn't need it and he's not taking care of it so it's kind of a him not caring be like oh well maybe this will you know even stuff out and and it'll make Archie feel like he's safe or whatever from me or, or whatnot. I don't know. It's, it's just weird because I, when I watched this episode for the second time this morning, I was like, Oh, I don't actually think Hiram has an ulterior motive here. I think he's genuinely trying to help. But then at the same time, you know, when Archie goes to him and he's like, Hey, you've made these red paladin cards. Like, how many did you make? And Hiram's like, I made 12. And, you know, distributed them. He didn't offer to go and help Archie find those people. But he offered the information freely, which is very out of character for him. And that's what I mean. That's why I think he is trying to be redeemed. Or the show is trying to redeem him. Because otherwise, let's be real, they'll have to kill him. I mean, at this point, I don't know if that's true anymore because we have bigger baddies and Hiram really hasn't been an issue for a few episodes. I don't know if they need to worry about getting rid of him because he's he's not a threat to anyone at this moment and there's bigger fish to fry. So I think that's, that's, that is the solution to the Hiram issue is that if there's a bigger baddie, if there's someone else, like if there's a Gladys and there's an Edgar and all that stuff, and there's other things we're worrying about, then we don't worry about Hiram anymore. And that's kind of their solution. Right. I don't know. It's just, it's strange. And I just was hoping that we'd have far more answers by now, you know, this close to the end of the season than we do. Yeah. And like I said in other episodes as well, Riverdale is very good at tying things up very quickly and not making you feel like you've been cheated out of any story and stuff. But I just don't see how it's going to happen this season with all these like little sub stories going on. So I feel like this is something that they've tried to sneak in there. And, you know, we're meant to think in three seasons time, oh, remember when Hiram was bad? Yeah, look at him now. He's so great. You know, I feel like they're casually trying to do it. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Exactly. I mean, time will tell. And I know we say that a lot and it drives me fucking nuts, but it's the truth of the matter. <laughs> um, so Gladys is allowed back into the speakeasy. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before where Veronica's basically like, nope, you can't come in because I think it was last episode. Yeah, no, it was, where, yeah. You know, because she's got the pretty poisons um, looking after the place now. So when when Gladys was talking to Jughead and was like, you know, I want you to make a speech. We've got the speakeasy, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh. This seems strange that suddenly she's allowed back in. I think it's more of it was a special occasion than than her being allowed in. I think there's going to be a different – we'll see later on. Maybe she is just allowed in. She she figured out how to not be on Veronica's bad side. But – but yeah, I don't know. I think it was more of that it was a special occasion and they like rented out the speakeasy during its off hours because it looked like it was during the day as well. It did look like it was during the day, which was weird, but sure, why not? Well, Veronica wouldn't want it to take away business from her establishment. I'm sure. Very true. I loved, I don't know if you saw it as well, when Jughead and um, Gladys were talking um, initially, like early on, and she's like, oh, I'd love if you could make a speech. You're the writer in the family. She was like, he caught her halfway through wrapping what I'm guessing was FP's birthday present. And the whole scene, she had a pair of open scissors in her hand. Did you notice that? No, I totally didn't. It was so great, and I don't know if it was done deliberately or not. Like, it was just such a scary thing in such a pleasant scene, and it just spoke volumes of the kind of character that she is. And I'm noticing things that um, Gina Gershwin uh, does as Gladys that I'm like, I think these are very deliberate choices Mm. that are really, like, making me go, yeah, you're more than just a bitch old character. You're actually like a talented actress who knows what she's doing. It just, yeah, it was a little thing. I was like, that is so scary and so brilliant all in one. I just loved it. Interesting. I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. Really subtle. Like it's like she's curling ribbon and he's like just interrupted her. But instead of her putting the scissors down, she keeps them open the whole time. Mm. And in her hand, and she's kind of talking with them, which that in itself is kind of scary. Yeah, it's creepy. But again, it's not the focus of the scene, but it kind of, it was like a real thumbs up moment for me. I was like, that's cool. I see what you're mm-hmm. doing. Not everyone's going to see it, but I see it and I recognize it. That's interesting. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. I did really love that um, birthday scene. Like, I loved all of, I liked the, car ride like that uh Jughead took with FP before where he's talking about his birthday I like the whole birthday scene and um and all that stuff and and seeing Fred and FP have that nice moment is really nice it it was gorgeous and I was gonna comment on that like I was gonna add it 
to my notes and I'm like, I think it's it's heightened, obviously, because you know that Luke Perry passed. Yeah. But at the same time, it was this beautiful, like, 360 moment where you're looking at two of the original, like, late 80s, early 90s, like, teen heartthrobs. And you look at them being together for this one character's 50th. It was a really nice moment, I just thought. And it made me, like, all emotional. Yeah, I agree. I think it was really lovely. And when we just talk about the two as characters, they were, you know, the best buds when they were when they were kids as well, mm-hmm. Fred and FP and in a band together and all that stuff. And they had worked together and then broken apart. And to see how far they've come as well is, as characters, mm-hmm. it's cool to see both. You get to see um, these actors and stuff and how how deep that um, that scene is because of um, Luke Perry's passing and just because of, yeah, where they come from as, as uh, teen heartthrobs and stuff like that. And then also the characters as well have this deep bond and teenage um, connection and things like that. Yeah, it was nice on both accounts. Yeah. yeah, I really liked it, really liked it. But again, it made me feel things and I was like, oh, no. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> feelings are the worst. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Um, one thing that I noticed again, and it made me laugh so much. Did you hear all the names of like venues or places that Jughead like rattles off when he's talking to the serpents about going in? you know, spreading the word that the Red Peloton's going to, you know, have a showdown. No. Did you hear the names of the places he said? I didn't listen close enough, no. I only caught a couple of them and I'm sure there's more. But he's like, hey, okay, Fangs and blah, blah, blah. You guys are going to go to All About the Glaze. Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. You're going to go to Innuendo. Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. You're going to go to, you know, and then he, he continues. But I was like, All About the Glaze? That's a donut place, for Love sure. It. Right. And then I was like, innu- innuendo. I was like, who names these places? These are fucking awesome. Innuendo sounds like a gay bar in New York. <laughs> oh, my God. It so does. And it was funny because I wasn't quite sure how to spell it. So I literally spelled it out phonetically. And I wrote, in your end. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I so I I had a laugh when Jughead said it, and then I had a laugh of me trying to spell when apparently I need to go back to high school. But I I just laughed. I was like, he was so serious about it, and he was so like, okay, guys, you're gonna go here, and you're gonna go here. I'm like, this town is ridiculous. <laughs> but again, it wasn't like a criticism. It just made me laugh so yeah. much. It's also good of Cole keeping it together while saying those silly names. I feel like maybe he ad-libbed and added those in himself because he's a little shit-stirrer. We've seen that before. I, I could see that from him. I also liked that one of the, um, one of the, uh, oh my god, there's so many gangs now. The Serpents. Um, one of the guys was named Deuteronomy. Did you catch that? No. They all have such dumb names. And then... And, like, Sweet Pea and Jughead and Fangs, like, that's, like, one subcategory of, like, stupid names of 
of these guys, tall boy, whatever. And then Deuteronomy. <laughs> it was just really, really good. That is really, really funny. Oh my lord. Oh goodness. Well, I've only got a, a couple more notes left. Um, I don't know what you've got left, but uh, my next note, I, I, I've got one note that has to wait till the end. Like it has to be the last thing that either you or I mm-hmm. say, because I think, I think you're really going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. But my um, second to last note is obviously about Veronica and Reggie. So it looks like, you know, they've had this unofficial kind of relationship as well. And that has now come to an end or will be coming to an end very soon. I hypothesize that Archie and Josie are also going to break up very soon. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then obviously Veronica and Archie are going to get back together because they're going to get back together. That's just the way it works. Yeah, and I felt bad for Reggie this episode. I think Reggie, I he just wants more out of this than Veronica is able to give him. But why? Like, I got that she said she had this gut-wrenching breakup, but Reggie has proved himself. He has done everything for her. And... I think it was really, really unfair of Veronica to treat him like that. It was such a middle finger. Um, I don't blame Veronica. I don't know. I think that people heal in their own time. I don't necessarily think she's treating Reggie poorly. I think they both just have different expectations of what they want from one another. And they're both not able to meet them for one another. Like, Veronica wants it to be casual. She cares about him. She wants him to be around. And she wants to pay him. She wants him to feel compensated. Um, And she's willing to do that. But rightfully so, she um, she's feeling protective and, and, and wanting to hold on to the things that are hers. Because she so rarely in her life right now has things like that because of her parents and and um, and how controlling her father is. Um, so I don't right. blame her, um, but I understand too that that Reggie wants to be taken more seriously. I think he, from what we can see, because we don't we don't know any of we know Veronica's past relationship um, relationships kind of because we saw some of into her past before. Um, Riverdale with uh, stuff in New York, but um, we don't really know Reggie's past relationships, but can assume that he was a bit of a player and probably yeah. went from girl to girl. Um, and this is kind of the first one where he's like, oh, I really like her and I could see myself being more serious with her and he wants to be taken more seriously. Um, they're just both not at the right, it's wrong time for both of them. Um, unfortunately, I think they're a good couple and because, I mean, because these two are together in their life, they have really great chemistry. Um, they read really well on screen. Um, but as the, for the characters, it's not the right time. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. That's okay. (laughs) I I mean, like, it's not like, you know, we need to fight about it. I mean, you know, I'm always ready to fight you, Jess. 
I know. Let's let's just fight. It's you and I. I feel like if we were to have a physical fight, you and me, it would just be a lot of slapping. Yeah, I can't do that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like we would end Both up just laughing. Our ass like, if you wanted to fight me physically, I'd be like, but yes. <laughs> okay, it does not exist in me, so do not worry. I will never come for you like that, ever. But, oh God, now I've lost my train of thought because I'm like, oh my God, I could just see Heidi and I being like, no, stop hitting me, no, stop hitting me. And we'd be like slapping and doing that slappy thing that I've seen on films and stuff before. I think that Reggie was ready for it. I think that everything he did was to prove that that image of being a bad boy and all those bad decisions had been shed and this is the new him and he can step up and be a business partner and, you know, everything like that. And I just think Veronica is not ready. Yeah. No, I agree. I think we are saying the same thing. I think are they're we? both not ready. No, but what I'm saying is I feel like Reggie is. Like, I feel like Reggie is ready for the relationship, but because Veronica's not, he, there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, do you have any other notes before I, like, give this last note, which I think is hysterical and is probably not actually that funny? Oh, I can't wait. The only other thing was that I feel like this episode, like, all the stuff with uh, Red Paladin and blah, 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 is... Like, this was the reason why Archie started boxing. Like, and why he... So why the boxing stuff happened at the jail, and then why after he got out of jail and, like, all that stuff happened, he was drawn to boxing. I was like, oh, okay. This... We're seeing... We're seeing the reason. Like, we want to get Archie to here, where he's a red paladin, he's boxing all these guys, and he has to, like, box all these dudes until he's the last man standing... And so, like, how do we get there? And we've seen that reason. Does that make sense? Yeah. We'll have to wait and see if there's more to come on that, I suppose. I'm kind of hoping that this is the end of the fucking G&G bullshit because... Me too. I don't know. Like, when's that going to fucking end, really? But yeah. Anyway. Seriously. All right. Are you ready for my last note? I don't think I'm ready, but I'm... But sure. <laughs> my last note is in big capital letters... Oh, Jesus, dot, 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 Cheryl is going to sing again. (laughs) Yes, she's going to sing again. Oh, my God. Why are we having another musical episode? I I did not know until I watched this episode that we are talking about right now that they were going to do another musical episode. Me either. I had no idea it was coming. I had no idea. Um, But I'm kind of excited. Well, okay, here's the thing. I'm not really a huge Heathers fan. I have not seen the musical. I've only seen the movie. And then I saw the reboot of the TV show that they tried to do that I didn't end up going anywhere. I was like, okay, this movie's all right. I'm like, I don't really get why people are so in love with Heathers and Heathers this and Heathers that. Maybe the musical is completely different. Yes, it is. Okay, well, that might be a big thing, but like, I have never really been into Heathers. And so when um, Cheryl's like, we're going to do Heathers and I'm going to be like whatever the main Heather is. Heather Chandler. Sure, that chick. I was like, oh, 
sweet baby Jesus. We cannot have another episode where Cheryl sings. Oh, she's going to sing. But I you know, know when she's gonna... the fucking lead. Well, no. Technically, she's not. Uh, she's the lead of Heather's is Veronica. So here's the thing. Here's here's what's funny. Okay. So, one, I love Heather's. Um, the musical and the movie. I didn't watch the show, so I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> to be quite honest, but um, I love the musical. I think it's really good. It. The funny thing about it is that it happened and originally um, was played and done at the theater where you and I worked and met. I think I remember that. Like, I, I obviously it was way before my time. Yes. Um, but I do remember, um, like, some of our old co-workers uh, say, um, oh, you know, when Heather's was here, blah, 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 blah. Like, they'd be retelling a story. Yeah. I, Did I didn't. Did that theater? Hmm? Did that start at our theater? Yeah. It never went to Broadway. So it only went to off-Broadway and oh. ran it. In stage one. Stage one. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. In stage one. Nice. I wasn't. I wasn't working there yet when I saw it, but I did go and see it twice. And it was good. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It has a really good. Um, it has a really good score. It holds true to the to the movie pretty well. Um, by being dark, but it's also very funny and light. And I think it's a really good I think it's actually a better choice for Riverdale to do than uh Carrie was it's interesting that they keep choosing off-Broadway shows that like didn't go all the way to Broadway that kind of have like cult followings they're not doing like the big like any big musicals uh, don't forget I don't as well. what that choice is coming from it's interesting but Heather is a really big oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I was gonna say that could uh be to do a lot with like licensing fees and things like that yeah that could totally be it and I also think um it's true to the characters like kids that are I was in a show a few years ago that my friend had written and he was like hey do you want to I didn't have to audition he was just like hey do you want to play this part do you want to be in the show in my show or whatever and I said yeah and it was for like older teens to like Mm -hmm. mid-20s so I was on the older end of it but there were some like teenagers in it and those teenagers were obsessed with heathers so like kids that are the actual age of the kids in riverdale love heathers at least did before uh, a few years ago but i think it holds pretty pretty well to like the teen experience so i think it really fits um and i can just imagine i knowing how they've cast it so far um i can just imagine what songs they're going to use. And I heard that Cole is singing and he is a perfect JD. So we'll see. Wow. What okay. Well, I don't know any of these characters. Um, so you've seen I, the movie. Pardon? You've seen the movie. Yeah. But like literally like I watched it like years ago and never rewatched it because I was like, cool. I don't get what the fuss is all about. Oh, interesting. So well, I'm hoping I come back next week and be like, that was fucking amazing. Well, we'll have to see. I don't know. Yeah. But strange that they're doing yet another musical episode. I'm like, why? Why? Just fucking get to the farm. Finish that storyline. Stop fucking making more storylines. Ah! Nope. We'll never if I have time this week, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write out 
all the storylines we have at the moment for yeah, Riverdale. There is so many. Yeah, it's like lost over here. Yeah, it's oh god, anyway. <laughs> anyway, musical episode, it's happening again. Musical episode, it's happening again. Oh god, and Cheryl's gonna sing. Well, well the this- fun thing about Cheryl being Heather Chandler is that she is the leader of the Heathers, but she dies. She dies. Yeah. So I hope we get a good corn nuts. Because when she dies, she falls into a, uh, uh, a glass table. But before she does that, she says, corn nuts. So I hope we get a good corn nuts out of her. Oh, don't, don't keep, don't make your expectations too high just in case it falls short. Because then you'll end up being so much more d- disappointed than you would be if you just like kept your expectations at like neutral. Uh, too late. Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Okay. I can't wait until we talk about this next episode because I feel like you're going to be like, it was fucking awesome. And I'll be like, eh, I don't really get it. But it could go I, It could go opposite of that as well. Um, yeah. Also because I just, I, 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 I have not been so excited. Like, I'm, I'm actually excited for next week's episode. And that's yeah. like a a rare thing lately for Riverdale with me. So I think it's more of that. Like, I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm curious to see, I don't think they're going to do Heather's well. I don't think that's the point of the episode. Just like the Carrie one wasn't about that, but it is a cool little addition that I'm into. And I'm curious to see what they do with it. Cause I think it, they could have some cool moments. With it. Hopefully it's enough to bring us back into the storyline because you know how we've been saying for a couple of weeks like we're bored, we're not interested, they just keep adding new stuff. Hopefully this is enough to kind of just bring us back in and then just get going again. Um, from what I've seen on TV of like I've tried not to watch any trailers or anything like that for the next episode but they occasionally spring up and I you know have seen that Betty's saying that they're using Heathers to like bring people into the farm. So I'm interested to see how that's all going to work. So we'll see. I'm either going to love it or hate it. I feel really strongly about that. (laughs) We'll have to just wait and see, I guess. Oh, goodness me. Well, what rating do you give this episode? Oh. Do you remember what we gave it last, last time? Last time you gave it like a C, I think. Okay, I'm going to do a C plus because I liked the birthday stuff, the 50th birthday situation. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going to give it like a B minus um, because I, I did actually find myself enjoying this episode. And when I did watch it for the second time, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And Oh, that was interesting. I didn't notice that the first time. Like, so I feel like I'm starting to come back into enjoying Riverdale versus maybe like this is so fucking boring right now. Yeah, we'll see. So to finish off this episode, then what would Betty do this week? She'd do a lot of not burn the motherfucking house down because that's what she did last week yeah um she just kind of worked through her stuff right she would tell her boyfriend jughead the truth even if 
she knows it's not what he would want to hear and it's difficult. Yeah, but then she would help him get revenge. Oh, hell yeah. I can't wait. Those looks that they gave on that final moment of the episode, I was like, bring it. Yeah, that was that was, that was was good. I liked that it a lot. They're both such strong actors, given their age as well. Like, you know, they're both so advanced. And like Lily, for example, you know, has very few credits in comparison to Cole, but they're just very, very switched on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well... On that note, we will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.